Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us. It is college football week eight. We're at the week eight now at this point. Season already basically halfway over for most teams already. Some teams have even gone as far to play their seventh game already. And uh, some teams may be even looking at playing their eighth game this week. So, I mean, just a lot of football has already been played, but that doesn't change the fact that we still got plenty of weeks left. And we're getting down to the, I would say, the matchups that are going to decide the rest of the season for a lot of teams if they're going to be able to go deeper into the, you know, make a run for either a playoff spot or make a run for their conference championship. So, these games are getting real important. Teams, we obviously know who are who's good and who's not. And uh, but this week's kind of a little bit different, just due to the fact that there's there's no ranked matchups whatsoever this week. I guess if you're looking at it from the AP poll side, which most people do, there is one. If you look at it from the the side of the coaches poll with Clemson and Pittsburgh, but most people go by AP. So looking at it from the AP perspective, which we usually do, until the college football playoff rankings come out but from that perspective there is no rank no ranked matchups this week so it is definitely you know when you see that type of stuff happen you usually don't think there's going to be too much that's going to come from the week but there's a lot of important matchups out there and a lot of potential upsets just um just on how the matchups look and a lot of some of them are because they're either you know, ranked teams that are lower down the lower down the scale, you know, around 24, 25, that are playing some decent teams as well that just slipped out. So you have that type of scenario. But you also got some where that, that there's some teams that didn't play well earlier in the season that are starting to play better and trying to work their way back in it. And you have some of these top teams having to play them. So it definitely sets up some scenarios for some games that are going to be interesting to see. And like I said, as every week we always do, we'll break down a couple of these games and gonna kind of do it quicker this week. This week's schedule has been hectic for myself, so I just want to make sure that everyone has something this week. So we already skipped Monday's podcast episode, but I always want to make sure there's this before a week of college football. But with that said, gonna jump right into the first game that we're gonna talk about, and this is got LSU versus number twelve Ole Miss. This game's gonna be at Ole Miss, and this game is at three thirty on CBS, so the CBS game of the week for some reason it seems like just about every big game that we picked this week to talk about and to look at is all 330 games so I guess the midday slot is just a time to flip on multiple TVs in your house or on your phone whatever you're watching from and try to watch as many games as possible because it just seems like every single one of these are slated at 330 so I don't know why there's not really any big you know some of these didn't get slated to a primetime matchup later on at night but uh, just the way it is, but anyways, you got LSU and Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is coming off that big win against Tennessee last week. Well, both teams are really coming off of big wins with LSU upsetting Florida as well. So you got two teams that are coming in high off of big wins. Uh, we all know what happened with the Ole Miss game in Tennessee, where Rocky Top went crazy and decided to start throwing trash on the field, not the players. So the the emotions were obviously high in that game. So you got to see how 
Ole Miss is going to come into this game if they're going to be focused and prepared. And same thing for LSU. This this was their first, I would say, big win of the year for them. Actually helped, a lot of people thought, was going to help keep Ed Orgeron's spot as the head coach there. But as we know, if we've been keeping up with anything to do with sports news this week, um, and if you've been following us, you would have seen this as well. But Ed Orgeron has obviously been let go, and he'll that'll be effective at the end of this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how LSU decides to respond from from that. If they just decide to throw the towel in this season, or if they continue to try to find a way to to string some together string together some wins, because uh, they got a, I feel like they got a shot in this game against Ole Miss if they can really come in with the same attitude they had last week. And I'll, I'll agree with some of the some of the other big college football analysts that are out there, like Kurt Kurt Street and just some other people out there that just seem like LSU has not been playing with passion, been playing for their brand there because we all know LSU is one of the bigger programs in college football, but it just didn't seem like the players cared. And that was a little bit different last week against Florida. I think they kind of took that personal. So they that's kind of switched over. But does now does, do you go back to just don't care attitude for because your head coach has obviously been let go? So that's something to obviously watch for and we'll be watching for as well in that matchup. But on the flip side, you got Ole Miss over here who is – uh, wondering if their quarterback's really going to be healthy enough. He got banged up in that Tennessee game, so a lot of people are wondering and if he's even going to play. Kiffin earlier on this week said that he was not in good shape, so you may be looking at a backup situation in this one. And if that happens, I still expect Ole Miss to be able to score points because LSU's defense is, is not very good in the offense that – Lane Kiffin runs, he can do a real good job of making it simple for their backup. So I expect that. But also, um, Ole Miss's running game has been phenomenal this year as well. So that will obviously help take some of the pressure off of the backup coming in. So for them, that's that's uh, some good factors for them. But this game, it's just gonna. there's a lot of what-if scenarios in this. So when it comes down to that, you usually just pick which team's usually the best. And so for me, that's the type of scenario. They got more talent at Ole Miss. And they just seem to have more of a better, I would say, focused team on that group. And plus, they're at home this week. So, for me, this was kind of an easy choice. But at the same time, though, I wouldn't be surprised to see LSU come in and pull off an upset. But for me, this matchup, I got 38-28 Ole Miss in this one. They'll move to 6-1. and one. That's what I have. But... Uh, I forgot to mention the line for that game is nine for Ole Miss. So it is looking like it's going to be a close game for the way it looks in the rankings as well. But um, I mean in the spread as well, excuse me. With that said, though, moving over to the next game, got number eight, Oklahoma State. They are 6-0 and versus Iowa State, and they are 4-2. and And this one was real interesting looking at the spread for this one because I figured Oklahoma State ranked number eight, you know, whatever. Usually they give the top ten team, you know, the a couple of points, you know, spread in this in this type of matchup. But I don't know. I guess they just don't feel like they're comfortable coming off of a win against Texas like that and don't trust them, I guess you'd say, going into that environment at Iowa State. But – they got Iowa State as a seven point as the seven point favorite in this game. So this game is at three thirty on Fox. Like I said, three thirty games are the big deal this week. So with this one though, like I said, Oklahoma State comes in off a big win with Spencer Sanders and obviously their running back tandem that they have there at Oklahoma State done a real good job and just a comeback win in that matchup against Texas that no one really saw coming. Myself, I thought Texas was going to roll on offense, but that defense at Oklahoma State has done a real good job. Mike Gundy's done a great job, which he always does. 
done at Oklahoma State, but this year he's actually getting rewarded with some with an undefeated record so far, and they got a shot this year. I mean, if they they went out, obviously they got a shot potentially for a playoff spot later on. So they're continuing to move towards their goals. But for them, the biggest thing is Spencer Sanders and if he's going to be able to throw the ball down the field. When he's on, he's on, and that team is really, really hard to defend. But when he struggles, that offense has to really rely on that run game. So it kind of makes them, I would say, unbalanced. So at that point, it kind of it kind of throws them off and it takes away from their ability. I think that's what happened early on in that Texas game. You saw him kind of be a little shaky, picked it up just a little bit, and the running game was able to get going just a little bit, and they were able to, to come back against Texas. But that defense has been impressive. They were able to slow down Steve Sarkeesian's offense with that group, B. John Robinson. So that was real impressive to see. And if they can slow down that offense, I can expect them to slow down Baylor's offense. And I know that they got Brees Hall over – not Baylor, excuse me, Iowa State's offense. And I know they got Brees Hall and they got Brock Purdy. But Brock Purdy, to me, has not lived up to the hype this year. He's done a little bit better over the last couple of weeks, but he's still just not at that level. A lot of people thought he was going to be Heisman-level material this year, just haven't seen it. And it just seems like the running back has taken – and Hall has t- taken more of the spotlight than, than Purdy has. So, for me, if they were able to take out Texas, I feel like they should be able to take out Iowa State in this matchup. And I know it's on the road. I know you're coming off a big win that you got all those type of factors. But I kind of just felt like it was disrespectful to have them as a seven-point underdog coming into this game. But, I, I mean, I know some people say they still got to prove themselves because now Texas is unranked and – uh, they beat Baylor earlier on, but, and they were unranked until this week. But that Baylor team is a good team, and they were able to beat them. I mean, Baylor's 6-1. and one. It's not like the Baylor's, you know, some one-hit wonder, you know, just won a couple sorry games. It's not it's not how that scenario has played out. Baylor's a good football team. They just beat BYU last week. So you're seeing Oklahoma State, some of their wins are really turning out to be actually good wins for them, and I think they should be rewarded with, you know, being a favorite in this type of, type of matchup. Because I'm just not seeing it. I know Iowa State's – Defense is good as well, but the type of running, rushing attack that they have, like I said, it's just going to be dependent too on Spencer Sanders and if he's able to really get going. If he does turn the lights out, this game will be over pretty early on. If he's not, look for a little bit of a closer matchup, but I still expect Oklahoma State to be able to pull this one out. So for me, I'm going to say close just because I think on the road, Spencer Sanders might struggle a little bit. So for this one, I got Oklahoma State winning this one 31-28. to Moving to seven and zero, so that it should be good for them. And like I said, that puts Iowa State at four and three. Just a disappointing season if if they're not able to get this type of win. You get this type of win, you're able to bounce back into the top twenty five and say, hey, we had a decent season. You know, if you if you finish with two or three losses, but you finish with you're at three at this point, you still got some other matchups you got to play. You're looking at having a real rough season, just not a good scenario there and where they're at. But uh, moving on from there, next game. This is the one I'm excited to see because. There's just a lot of different factors that go into this one, but you got Clemson, who's four and two, versus number twenty-three Pittsburgh, who is five and one. Pittsburgh is a three and a half point favorite game at three thirty on ESPN. So, once again, three thirty game. All these three thirty. Anyways, talking about this game, we're looking at it from just both sides. Talk about Clemson real quick. Clemson, we know their offense has been absolutely abysmal. They have only eclipsed 20 points twice throughout the whole entire year. That was in a blowout win against a sorry team in their second game of the year. And then they did it one other time. It was just by the skin of their teeth getting into the, getting into the 20s. The offense has been terrible. And I know a lot of people want to sit here and blame DJ Uungale and say that that's his fault. It is some some part his fault he wasn't fully prepared like a lot of people thought but at the same time though it's really really hard to be good 
when your offensive line is one of the worst, I would say, worst groups in college football this year. They have they weren't able to block anybody. That's why Georgia was able to get eight sacks on them in the first game of the year. They've just struggled against anybody they played that's had any type of pulse from that from their defensive line. So for them, that's been their problem. But for another thing that really helped them out, and the only reason they have four wins right now is because of that defense. That defense is still, I would say, top three in the nation. I know they're not getting the credit that they deserve because obviously Clemson's not even ranked at this point and they shouldn't be with their two losses. I mean, they shouldn't be in the AP statistic, but looking at them and the type of team that they are with that defense, I still have them in my top 25, but AP, I can understand why they're not. But anyways, with that said though, they got a prime opportunity right here to be a top 25 team and get back into the top 25 and say, hey, we know we're having a down year. We're still here. It'll help with recruiting. It'll still help them look like they're relevant. Because there's a lot of people out there who are saying that Dabo's lost his touch. Clemson is just not going to be as good anymore. Is, you know, this team just going to be bad from here on out? I, I don't understand that overreaction. There's years where teams don't do as well. And, I mean, I just I just really don't. I mean, Nick Saban's had years where he's had two, three losses, even during the stretch of what he's done in Alabama. I know he hasn't had an offense that's been this bad because, I mean, their offense is really bad. One of the I would say one of the worst in just, the you know, the, the top five, you know, conferences that are out there. And they just have not looked good against anybody they've played against. But at the same time, though, they're still a solid football team. They play fundamentally sound on both sides. They just – just the offensive line if it wasn't for that I think they'd be fine but uh, like I said defensively they've been good and they're going to need every bit of that this week playing against Kenny Pickett who has come back and really put himself in the I would say a race for the Heisman as well with the way he's played they've done a fantastic job there at Pittsburgh offense is really churning out points the only thing for them and this is why I think Clemson's got a real good shot to finally see the offense get rolling is their defense has I would has only been de- decent at this year for Pittsburgh I know they only gave up seven last week which is a good showing a type of showing that you need to have but overall their defense to me hasn't been completely all that solid so I think Clemson's got a good shot to possibly get rolling and if their defense can really step up this type of matchup Clemson's like I said has got a good shot to move to five and two and get themselves back in that top 25 spot and so for me with this See, the only thing I'm worried about with this one, looking at this, though, is that Clemson does have to go on the road. So offenses do have a harder time, like normally, when it comes to going on the road. So I think you can you could possibly still see their offense struggle, but I just I really trust that defense against that offense there at Pittsburgh, even though they've been so good this year. And I just feel like Dabo's going to have have something get those boys ready because they know this is a big matchup for them this year if they if they still want to have a shot at getting to the ACC championship game later on that's still on the line for them it's not like that's out of the question that's still obviously there with only one loss in the ACC so this is a must win for them I really feel like so for this one I got it real close but I got Clemson pulling it out I think it's going to be around 28 27 that's what my score is I got Clemson winning this so if that happens it's a big win for Clemson either way if you're Pittsburgh you still only go to five and two you're still a good team and you just chalk up a loss to Clemson. That's not a bad year or anything like that. They've done a phenomenal job there this year. But moving on from there, we got the top game of the week. I think just because of the two teams that are playing and everything that they bring to the table, I got number. Well, this game is number ten, Oregon five and one versus UCLA, which is five and two. UCLA is a one point favorite in this matchup. So looks like it's going to be a very close matchup. And obviously, if you pay attention to these teams whatsoever, you should expect some offense from both of them. They have done a 
great job on that side of the ball, especially UCLA. That's probably the thing that's gotten them to this point. But for them in this matchup, their defense is finally going to have to step up. And I don't think that should be too hard, too much to ask, considering that Oregon's kind of been struggling on the offensive side of the ball. And we're seeing them win some close matchups over the last couple of weeks. And they were playing only in the, the 20s last week. So for them, for UCLA, if their defense can, they can get anything out of their defense and their offense can find some life. Because it's not like Oregon's defense is bad. UCLA should be you know, should be in business and actually be able to make this a competitive game being at home. But on the flip side, Oregon, you're without C.J. Verdell now with him having that season-ending injury. And I know that takes a lot away from that offense. With the, the, I mean, he's a 1,000-yard rusher. He's done it multiple times. And then, then now you have to go in and you're asking Anthony Brown to have to do everything as the quarterback there. And so there's a lot of people who's called for his backup to come in, but I don't think you do that. He's you know, experienced. He's a senior He's got that type of experience when he was back at, I think it was Boston College where he was at. And he's just he's done a decent job. Obviously, he's not an explosive, he's not he's not one of the going to rip the roof off the place type of quarterback, but he's been good at running that offense. He's making sure guys are in spots. They're, you know, checking their protections, all that type of stuff. He's doing a good job in that scenario, and that's what you have to have, limiting turnovers. So he's done all that. It's just, is he going to be able to give them enough to be able to compete against this UCLA UCLA offense if your defense doesn't step up? If you get in a shootout, are you going to be able to continue that? That's the only question for me with them. But with that said, though, I mean, it's Oregon. They're ranked number 10. They've got a good overall team. Offense has been solid. Defense has been solid, especially with Kayvon Thibodeau leading that defensive line. So in this matchup, I think it should be real close. Like I said, you're at the Rose Bowl. So I think it'll be close between both teams. And I think both teams obviously know how big of a matchup this is, especially for the Pac-12 as well. And it also is for national perspective as well. If Oregon wins this, they can possibly move up a little bit closer in that top ten. And obviously you went out and things happen up front in the top four. You got a shot of maybe slipping into a top four spot. And even if you don't, you still obviously leave the conversation open for expansion later on. If you can, you can make that case that you should have been up there in the top four which is what I still think is going to happen. I think you're going to have a lot of one-loss teams that say they should have made it in and don't make it in this year, especially from that Big Ten with all the all the teams that they got up there with only one loss or, you know, no losses. So that's going to be interesting when that plays out. But Oregon obviously should have a, you know, stake in that if they obviously can finish with one loss this year. But to be able to do that, you got to be able to beat UCLA. And like I said, this is a big one for the Pac-12. Both teams, I think, at this point have one loss in the Pac-12 and for – Oregon, obviously, if you lose this, you go down and you have two losses in the Pac-12 already. You're sitting here and you go from a team that's number 10 in the country, got national you know, national title aspirations, and also got Pac-12 aspirations. You go from that to, man, are we even going to make the Pac-12? But you're definitely not making the playoffs. So this is just a huge game. I, I think Oregon has to win this if they want any shot of anything. That's just my opinion on it. So for me, I think Oregon will find a way to pull it out. I got them winning this 27-24, to 24, but it's going to be real close. So like I said, I mean, you can see that even from the from the spread right now with UCLA being favored by one. And I think that just has to do with them being at home. Like I said, obviously teams, when they are at home, they normally play better overall. So the offenses do, especially when you're at home. You can just feed off of that crowd, and it's just – it's just easier to navigate crowds are quieter when you're on offense. All that, you know, factors in. So with that said though, Oregon, I think we'll pull this off. So hopefully I can go at least four and oh one week. I've been 
three and three and one some weeks. I've been two and two most weeks. I don't think I've only had one win. I may have may have at some point, but hoping to finally get to four and zero. Oh, but these are some games that obviously could go either way, back and forth, because even though they're no, there's no ranked matchups here, they're all ones where teams are right there on the fringe of the top 25, and then you got t- top 10 teams or uh, teams that are really good that have to go on the road. So you have all those scenarios that have to play in. So even though there's no ranked matchup, this should be a really, really good week of football and should actually help, like I said, pave the way for the rest of the way down the road. So big matchups. But with that said, that's all I got for you today in this breakdown. If you want any more information, obviously go to our website at therevolutionsports.com. You can check our preview and predictions article there. That way you just can just read this type of stuff real quick to just uh, glance over it before the game start tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow, excuse me, t- later this evening, afternoon and all the games are basically at 3.30, so this afternoon. And that way you can just glance over it. And also, while you're on our page, make sure you follow all our social media pages so that way you can get all the updates from all the games and uh, be able to have those as soon as the the games go final because I know that's real important for a lot of people that don't get a chance to watch. So with that said, though, make sure you do all that. And with that said, we will see you all Monday. Remember, Monday we go to a new podcasting format. We go from... One episode where both politics and sports are combined, where we go to two episodes now where it's one politics and one sports. That way we can just keep it completely separate. They'll both release at the same time at 8 o'clock Monday morning, and that'll be the same for Monday and Thursday. Saturday, just for now, is still our college football show, but that's just make sure you know what's going on. And with that said, we'll see you Monday, and have a good weekend. (laughs) 